Well, good morning, everyone. I know it has already been said, but let me say it as well. Happy New Year. How cool was uh, that little quintet at the beginning there? Anybody want to see them again someday? Yeah, of course. Of course. I have it on good authority. That's probably not going to happen. <laughs> but who knows? Who knows? You know, we'll see what, we'll see what happens. Uh, as we begin a new year, of course, as we wish everyone happy new year, uh, it is indeed my prayer for you that 2023 will be a blessed year. Uh, I pray that it would be a God-filled year for you. I pray that as you journey into this year, whatever might come your way, whatever experiences are anticipated, uh, I pray that even in the midst of those, whether good or not so good, I pray that you would experience the presence of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and so this is my prayer for you as you go into 2023. You know, as I mentioned, the beginning of the year, uh, it's hard not to think about New Year's resolutions. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not sure if you've got any New Year's resolutions. Maybe some of you do. Uh, maybe some of you are like me and your New Year's resolution is to not have any New Year's resolutions. Uh, that's quite all right as well. Last night I was sitting with the family and we were just uh, chatting and I, I happened to notice on a particular Instagram post, uh, one of these Instagrams that claims to be a facts kind of based one, although even those on, the, on Instagram I take with a pinch of salt. Uh, but this one was talking about New Year's resolutions and it gave the top five New Year's resolutions. And the first one is people resolve to exercise more. The second is people resolve to eat healthier. The third, people resolve to save money. The fourth, people resolve to lose weight. And the fifth, people resolve to reduce stress. Uh, interestingly enough, that same Instagram feed, the very next post, explained that the overwhelming majority of people fail in their New Year's resolutions before the end of January. And so I don't like to fail. So that's why I don't have any New Year's resolutions, because that way I'm not going to fail. But, you know, as I think about New Year's resolutions and, and kind of bring it back into the context of our journey with Christ, as I bring it back into the context of us being a community together and a community in Christ, I, I wonder if there isn't room for us to kind of think a little bit about New Year's resolutions for our journey with God. What might a resolution look like for my own spiritual journey? You know, when I, I mentioned in the Christmas Eve service that every one of us is on a journey with God. Whether we know it or not, God is at work in our lives. God is drawing us to himself. And, and I genuinely believe that God is drawing us ever deeper, ever closer I don't think we ever fully realize and we, we ever fully get to that place where we are so close with God that, that you know, there's almost no more progress that's needed. Not a chance. Uh, we're not going to be perfect until that day that we stand before God when we are perfected in His presence. But that does beg the question, how is your spiritual journey? Where are you at at the moment? You know, Francis Bacon once made the comment, he said, a prudent question is one half of wisdom. So let me help you to ask a prudent question. Why don't you turn to the person next to you and ask them, 
Are you closer to Christ today than you were on the 1st of January 2022? Okay, so that question was not designed to make you feel guilty uh, or, or to kind of frustrate anyone. I think it's, it's a simple question, although, of course, the answer is never simple. It's a question designed to get us to think about where are we in our progression of faith? Where am I in, in my own spiritual walk? And, of course, it's very important that I point out it is your own spiritual walk. And only you can truly answer that question. I might be able to kind of guess, and others might be able to make a little bit of a guess, uh, but they can never tell fully where you are in your walk with Christ. Our own personal spiritual growth uh, is what God is at work in us with. And He wants us to progress. As I read through Scripture, I think there is this constant call towards maturity. There's this constant call that I grow in my faith, that my, my spiritual journey moves forward. So how then do we grow spiritually? How do we progress in our walk with God? Well, thankfully, the Scriptures answer that question for us. Thankfully, the Apostle Paul jots down some thoughts that help us as we journey with Christ. If you have your Bibles with you, you can turn to Philippians chapter 3, and I'm going to read from verse 12 to 16. Philippians chapter 3. It will be up on the screen as well. And this is Paul writing to the church in Philippi. And he says, Not that I have already obtained all of this, or have arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, Forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. All of us then who are mature should take such a view of things. And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we have already attained. You know, as Paul kind of opens up this thought for us, I think he opens up this passage with both a disclaimer and a declaration. And the disclaimer that Paul makes is that he has not yet been made perfect. Paul is very aware that he is human himself, that he falls and he fails. And so Paul is not trying to write as though, hey, everyone, I'm perfect, therefore just be like me. Now, I know elsewhere Paul says, be imitators of me. But what Paul is saying is, be imitators of me as I attempt to imitate Christ. And so Paul makes this disclaimer, he's not perfect. He still has to grow. And so then after the disclaimer, he makes that declaration, this is what I declare to you, that I'm not perfect. And so because I am not perfect, I will keep striving. I will keep straining. I will keep pressing on to become like Christ, so that I would realize all that God has in store for me. You know, it's so sad when I watch some people journey in their faith and it's, they have not experienced all that Christ has. None of us have experienced 
all of it. And yet they, they fade away. Or they get to a point where they think, you know what, I'm fine here. I, I don't need to go any further. I don't need to go any deeper. I think they miss so much of what God has in store for them. And so this is what Paul says. How will we find all that God has for us? There are a couple of things in this passage. A couple of steps, if you will. The first thing Paul points out is he says, I forget what is behind me. I forget what is behind me. And the image that Paul has in mind is this image of running in a race. Imagine the Olympics or, or some athletics track meet. In fact, you've probably had the same experience that I have had at some track meets. I was at a school track meet where our kids were running or my son was running. Uh, and in one of the races, as they were running, not my son, but this group of runners, as they were running, the guy in front was just sort of just ahead of the guy behind him. And instead of focusing on the finish line, I think he was trying to determine how much energy do I need to expend in the last 50 meters. He turned to look. And everyone will tell you, you cannot run flat out if you're turning like this. And in that moment, the guy behind him, his closest competitor, overtook him and won the race. And this is what Paul is saying. I forget. I strain ahead. I forget what is behind me. I don't focus on that. So what is Paul saying to us spiritually? Because, of course, Paul's not saying we're actually in a literal race. What Paul is saying to us in our spiritual journey is that, yes, every one of us has a past. Every one of us has a mess behind us. Whether there is sin, whether there is failure, whether there is heartache or hurt, whatever the case might be, there is stuff behind us. Paul says, forget about that. Run ahead. You know, elsewhere in the scriptures, and we even sang about it this morning, God's mercies are new each morning. I wonder if God doesn't sometimes look down on New Year's Day and have a little chuckle. You know, God is not bound by time. This is something we've imposed upon ourselves. And God sits outside of time. And I wonder if he chuckles at us who, on the 1st of January, we decide, oh, it's a new year. I have a new opportunity to do something. I think God would say to us, actually, that's what the new day is for. I've given you 365 of them. Why do you only focus on one? So I forget what is behind. And I strain towards what is ahead of me. I forget about the failures. I run my race looking forward. If anyone had a terrible past, the Apostle Paul has one. Before Paul met Christ on that road to Damascus, Paul was known as Saul. And Saul was the persecutor of the church. It was Paul's goal to destroy the Christian church. And he was succeeding. People were being executed under his authority. And this is the Paul that Christ gets a hold of. And Christ saves and Christ uses. If anyone had a past to hold them back, I think it was Paul. And Paul says, I forget what is behind. But not only does Paul say, I forget what is behind. He says immediately after that, I strain towards what is ahead. And he's, he's continuing that imagery or that metaphor of the race. Just as I forget the competitors behind me, I strain. 
I put every bit of energy into this race. I run with all my might. I run in order to finish the race. And Paul has in mind that image of bursting into eternity. It, you know, I, I know we sometimes talk about death and, and we don't really know what that experience of dying is really like. Although all of us will go through it. But looking at this and thinking about this, I, I wonder if maybe we should change that image of death as we burst into the presence of God. Maybe there is going to be one of those little tapes in front of like a race. You know, the tape that up and it shows the winner breaking the tape. Maybe that's what it's going to be like. I'm going to close my eyes on this side of eternity, perhaps, God willing, in a frail old body. That's the hope. But I'm going to open my eyes in eternity, bursting into the presence of God, receiving that victor's crown, being made perfect in that moment. And so Paul says, I strain, I keep going, I try. I do my best, aware that it is God at work in me. But I don't give up. I keep on going. Why do we keep on going? Because we're not yet perfect. We have not been made complete. Paul's already stated that. In fact, I love the way this, these verses are, are written in the message. In Philippians, 12, sorry, Philippians 3, verse 12 to 14, in the message translation says this. I am not saying that I have this all together, but I have it made. I am well on my way, reaching out for Christ, who has so wondrously reached out for me. Friends, don't get me wrong. By no means do I count myself an expert in all of this, but I've got my eye on the goal where God is beckoning us onward to Jesus. I'm off and running, and I'm not turning back. Isn't that a wonderful expression of that? And Paul understands, I'm not yet complete. I'm not perfect. I know that, and so that's why I keep going. And the issue that many have with this word perfection is because we think about it in absolute terms. We think that we're somehow supposed to be absolutely perfect, forgetting that our flesh will always wage war. Our flesh will always desire what is contrary to the Spirit. And we will never truly be perfect. So, so what do we have in mind in this perfection? I think John Wesley helped sum it up when he spoke about this idea of Christian perfection. John Wesley said, By perfection, I mean the humble, gentle, patient love of God and our neighbor, ruling our tempers, words, and actions. And we say that again, by perfection, not in this absolute sense, by perfection, I mean the humble, gentle, patient love of God and of neighbor, ruling our tempers, words, and actions. And this is what Paul says. I know I'm not perfect so as I strain on, I, I endeavor, I strive. I allow Christ to make me more like himself. Why do I like, allow Christ to make me more like himself? Because Christ has more for us than we could ever imagine. 
Jesus didn't. Jesus died obviously to give us salvation, to reconcile us with our heavenly Father, with salvation as that that starting point. But it's not the only goal. The power of the resurrection gives us the ability to live this redeemed life, to live this life, to become more like Christ. And we have opportunity every single day. You know, I, I often joke about me behind the wheel in my car. And I know you all know that Brian is not the greatest driver on the planet. Uh, in fact, I'm pretty sure if there was a little camera in there watching me, uh, it, would, it would be detrimental for all of us. But the goal is to be like Christ even when I drive. I turned to one of my kids the other day when I was driving. I said, you know... I think I need to become more like Christ behind the wheel. I have an opportunity every single time, knowing that sometimes I will get it wrong. And in that moment, there is forgiveness. But God gives me this opportunity to extend grace, to be gentle with others, to to have our words and actions become like Christ. And let me tell you, there is no area in your life where the power of Christ's resurrection cannot redeem it or change it. You might be stuck in a, in a pattern of sin. You might be stuck in some sort of habit. And you know that just a simple New Year's resolution isn't going to change everything. Because it won't. The only thing that will change that is Christ and Christ alone. And Jesus says, I give this opportunity to help you become like me Because he always has more for us. So Paul says he forgets what is behind. He strains towards what is ahead. And not only does he strain towards what is ahead. He says we are called to obtain. We are called to obtain all that Christ has for us. And Paul knows I have not reached perfection. And so that's why I press on, to receive what God has in store for me to be like Jesus. Now, you might have accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior. And perhaps at some point you've begun that journey. I want to remind you that was not the end of the journey. That was only the beginning. Christ invites us to become more like Him. This is what discipleship is. To become like Christ. And so I press on in order to receive from my Heavenly Father all that He has for me. You know, I began by getting you to ask those around you, am I closer to Christ today than I was a year ago? As I close off this morning... Let me, let me readdress that question. When I think of what Paul is saying to us, perhaps that's a question I can ask every day. Am I closer to Christ than what I was yesterday? Am I closer to Christ than I, what I was last week? Or, or last month? Or last year? Am I journeying closer and closer? And as I ask that, I can ask, am I committed to following Christ? To becoming like Him? Does my lifestyle show it? Do my words show it? Does my spiritual growth show it? Does my obedience to His Word 
show it? Am I committed to following? Am I serving Christ faithfully? Am I becoming more like Him? Now, I, I, I don't knock you if you woke up this morning and said, you know what, this year I'm going to lose more weight. Or perhaps you stood up and said, this morning I'm going to save more. Or, or this year I'm going to be like this. Or this year I'm going to do that. I have no problem. The Lord bless you. I pray you make it past January with that. But I wonder if you've given thought to your spiritual journey. And I pray that like Paul, you would forget what is behind. And you would strain towards what is ahead. That finish line in Christ. And as you strain that you will receive all that Christ has for you. And may you indeed learn to worship our King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Who sits on the throne indeed, but who journeys with us and helps us to become like him. Don't give up. Begin. Let's pray together. God, I thank you that each day your mercies are new. You give us opportunity to take stock daily. Lord, at the same time, I thank you for the beginning of a new year. Where it gives us an opportunity to, to think about where we're at. What changes need to be made in our lives. What do we need to do a little differently than perhaps what we have been doing? Father, I pray that this morning we would hear Paul's words. That we would realize we have not yet received or achieved all that you have in store for us. We are not yet perfect. We are not yet completely like our Savior, Jesus Christ. God, I pray that you would help each one of us, by the power of your Holy Spirit, to strain and to strive and to race in order to win that prize in you, to become more like our Savior, Jesus Christ. God, for those of us who perhaps are caught in addictions or caught in sin cycles that we, we feel we cannot break. I pray that you would help us to find people to whom we can confess, who can hold us accountable, but also who can journey with us. So that truly we don't need to look back anymore. We can forget the past. We can strive for what is ahead. And we can receive all that you have in store for us. God, I thank you that one day, one day we will be completed as we burst into eternity, as we break that finish line and we discover our Savior on the throne, the one in crowned above all. And we will worship because we will know fully even as we are fully known. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen.